Hello and welcome to the Moncast, a podcast where twice a week we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. My name's Stevie. And I'm Sam. The score currently stands at 7-4 to Pokemon, and this time we are watching episode 12, Digibaby Boom, and here comes the Squirtle Squad. first episode we are watching this time is Digibaby Boom. TK and Passamon wind up in a village full of baby Digimon, protected by the loyal Elecmon. As Elecmon and Passamon fight, TK expects Patamon to finally evolve. Fortunately, Passamon fails to evolve and they end up talking through their problems and having a tug of war to settle their dispute. As their new friend rushes off to return the island back to Infinity Mountain through the power of friendship, I'm not even joking, TK and Passamon look onwards onto their confrontation with Devimon. Digimon, so what did you like about the app? I, of course, I adored Patamon all the time. I assumed you would. Patamon's a favourite, and it's so adorable, and it just wants to digivolve. It's so cute. Yeah, I, I quite like this episode on the, on the whole because it's it's completely different to what we've had before. Plot like setup wise, it doesn't have a massive battle. It has one little fight. If you can really call it a fight. It's just them using their attacks a little bit at each other. A lot of it's talking and and, and plot, which was quite nice. Yeah, TK's dislike of fighting made it quite an interesting episode. It's definitely been different to every other episode we've had. The shot of TK being held up by Patamon's adorable, but. It was at night time, and then he's putting his sweater on, and it's daytime, so has it taken him hours to get dressed? Which makes me think, oh, maybe he can't actually dress himself very well because he's still tiny. It's probably more like he had to dry off first before he could put them on. True. This is such a good episode. It is. I did really like this one. I think it might be my favourite out of the ones we've had so far. Really? Yeah, because most of the episodes have been fighting and this one hasn't got fighting well not proper fighting no it's it's a little scuff that they have it's got a lot of backstory to the digital world now they've explained that when digimon are born they start off in these eggs and then they hatch here where they're under the care of a, of a digimon it leads to problems in future though where it's not clear what happens if a digimon dies in the real world i was just happy because i forgot botamon happens in this episode again I was happier about Poyomon, because TK makes the Poyomon hatch, and that's such good foreshadowing. This episode is definitely just foreshadowing for the next one. I've made a couple of complaints a couple of times about there being not a lot that happens in episodes. And not a lot really happens in this episode either, but it does feel really well paced. You see Pathamon and TK landing, so this has happened immediately after they've been sent away. And that time passes where, obviously, you've explained to me, uh, TK's drying off his clothes, which makes absolute perfect sense and then they go off on that little bit of wandering and i really like this scene where there's a train line and there's a train going past but you can't see it and everything i think that's such a nice little scene although it's weird that tk at one point says um that's the most silentest train ever but it's not because there are loud train sound effects playing. But I think it's it's such a nice episode that does something different. I just really liked it because it was a lot of focus on TK and Patamon. They've not been focused on at all before because they've not had their own Digivolution episode. They've definitely felt like background characters or 
tools to drive other people's plots, especially Matt's. The most that they've done is be a, a thing for Matt to be concerned about or a thing that they must protect because he's the youngest one. And it's also nice to see how similar Patamon and TK are. They're both quite childish. They feel like the two youngest people. Age-wise and mentally, they seem quite young, which is cool. It's nice to see what the youngest people will do in a situation where they were in peril. Now they're not as in peril. They're in a, a place that's relatively safe. Apart from Malekman with this super powerful attack. Well, he's not that bad. He's just like all across Primary Village. That's a really powerful Thunderbolt. Well, he's a protector of these tiny baby Digimon. It's understandable that he'd have some sort of power. The babies are actually really cute as well. I really like them. They show Botamon, Punimon, Giramon, Poyomon. Those are the four that were in Digimon World. Yeah, they are, yeah. There's quite a few references to Digimon World in this episode. There isn't a primary village, though. No, there's no primary village. (laughs) It's nice to see the baby Digimon, and it's cool that these are all the Digimon that evolve into the ones that we've seen. Because obviously, Punimon turns into Sunomon or something else. Sudamon turns into Gabumon. Euromon, is it? The fluffy one? Turns into either Tanamon or Yokomon. In Digimon World, they all just go to one in training form and nothing else. But it doesn't match up exactly with the partner's kids anyway. It's just the same baby Digimon that they show in this. Still, it, it was nice to see Poyomon before we see TK's Poemon. There was one other reference to the Digimon World games, which was when Electmon says he's going to go off to Gay Savannah, which is a place on File Island in Digimon World. It makes it seem like it's the same File Island. I like it. I like the little references to uh, the game. Have you got any more likes? I like the weird evolution thing that happens that never happens again. When Electmon and Patamon are fighting and you see a close-up of the screen of the Digivice and the bars are filling up, it's a bit like they're showing that there needs to be a certain amount of danger for them to evolve, and that bar fills up with danger. It's very weird. It doesn't make sense why it's there, and it's never explained, and it never happens again. I don't know why it was there exactly, what it was trying to show us. I think it was trying to build up this tension of, oh, maybe Patamon's about to evolve. Patamon would have just wiped the floor with a light command, and the rest of the episode would have been ruined so obviously wasn't going to happen i also like the tug of war it's an odd way to solve differences and also the fan that tk has is designed like a botamon which i thought was great they get the funny costumes out of nowhere it's great i love it i love this episode it's not violent apart from the tiniest little bit and i feel like that's just token to build up tension they needed to build up the potential of patamon evolving and they did that by having this little fight and then once that's out of the way, they, they get to the rest of the episode, which is all fun. Patamon's not really much of a fighter. Have you got anything else? I've got one more thing. Well, my last thing is that I actually like Electmon. And one of the main things I liked is that his actions were completely justified because they were backed up by the recent events that had been happening on the island. Like he was right to be paranoid because the island's been split apart and he's not sure what's going on everywhere. Well, yeah, the, the island's split up and then he hears the babies crying and he comes over and he sees two random people. He's never met a human before, we don't know, but I'm assuming he hasn't met a human before. So he sees this weird creature leaning over the babies which are crying. He's obviously going to assume it's something bad that's happened and attack. I also really like Elecmon. Like he's, he's one of my favourite designs. I think he looks great. He looks great in the V-Pets as well. I've always preferred him over Gabumon. 
the last thing I like is the internal struggle that Patamon has. It's completely justified. He's he's got this pressure put on him for being the the last one that has to digivolve, and he hasn't been able to. He also explains this little dichotomy he's got of that he wants to stay as he is, but with his power level at the moment, he can't really protect TK. So he's got to change into something new and more powerful, and potentially be a completely different person in order to protect TK, or he's could stay the way he is with the power that he's got and potentially not be able to save him. We don't often get to see the inner workings of a of Digimon, and it's nice to see, it, especially with Patamon, who's who's got one of the most interesting character arcs in this first arc. Yeah, especially out of all of the Digimon. He really stands out as something just different. His Digivolution episodes are always something special. It's always a last ditch effort and it's a trump card that they have and he's always used in an emergency situation which is quite good but now we must go into the dislikes dislikes i've got one and i know you're not going to like it i forgot how much i dislike patamon's voice it grates with me a little bit what (laughs) it just sounds weird and i understand why it sounds this way but I don't know whether it's just in this episode or the fact that he hasn't spoken that much, but he sounds a bit... I think it's... I remember him sounding differently than he does in this episode, so it grated with me a little bit. It's not bad. It's not the worst voice. It just it sounded different than I remember it, and it just, it grated with me a little bit. Even TK's voice did a little bit, but not, not in any specifically bad way. Well, I think they just make them more sharp because they're supposed to be young, childish characters, so the voices are higher pitched. I can guess why it's more grating for you, but I just find them cute. I like the adorable voices. Any dislikes for you? First of all, I'm still confused about whether Ogamon's working for Devimon voluntarily or not. It's like, half the time Ogamon's doing it because Devimon's commanding him to. Half the time he's doing it because he wants to be allies with Devimon. Isn't Ogamon supposed to be the worst Digimon as well? Not the worst. In his Digimon analyzer, Tentamon says something along the lines of he's, he's the most evil Digimon. He just seems more like Leomon's rival. It doesn't explain why he's working for Devimon. Boredom. Something to do. Can't fight Leomon all the time now, so now he's, he may as well get the band back together or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand why there's an entire evolution sequence of Beomon evolving. Yeah, that was just out of the blue. I understand Patamon talking about, oh, what would Beomon do in this situation, but I don't get why they had to have the entire sequence it feels like they had to have uh, an evolution shot in every episode. So they forced it in in a weird way, and I feel like it wasted time. That's pretty much what the digivolutions are, filler content. When they don't have enough content to fill the episode, they just slot in some more digivolution sequences. You can tell when they have a good episode, because the evolution sequences are cut down. Apart from that, I've got Devimon being some sort of edgy weirdo stood or silhouetted at the top of the mansion in the moonlight because he's super edgy. Super emo. He's just great and likes to explain plot. He's a lord of darkness. He's super evil. He's great. And then the last thing I have is that it's written in digicode. It's just Japanese. Pretty certain it's hiragana. Oh, look at you. Knowing your things. All I know is that it's in pretty colours. It's multicoloured because it's like crayon. I have two more minor things. Well, my first minor thing is that there's one shot where you just see Patamon's head. And you hear the wing beats when flapping its wings. And they're way too fast. It can't fly like that. It's long, slow beats. And the sounds are just like... <laughs> and it's not right. Are you being picky about the sound? I'm doing one of your things. I don't want to imagine Patamon struggling to fly because it's going overdrive with its wings. 
Okay, and my last thing is that it uses Pokemon logic when it comes to befriending a Lekman. Beat it in a battle and it will become your friend. <laughs> it was a tug of war, which, which isn't that much of a battle, but... But still, <laughs> it's a bit dumb. They could have just been friends anyway. I mean, it didn't really solve anything. And then Elatmon tries to fob off the job of raising the kids to Batman, which I thought was great. Soon all this will be yours. No, I'm just hanging out here, if I'm honest. I don't want to be doing that. Doesn't want to inherit it. That brings up the question of, do the Digimon have lifespans? I'm going to say yeah. I assume that they start off as the babies in the village they evolve into in training, and then I guess... They all group up, so all the Koromon leave and go to a Koromon village, because we see all of the trainings are in villages together. And then I assume that when they evolve after that, they'll go into different types, like they may become Agumon or Candleman or whatever, and then they go off to smaller areas where there's those types, and then as they evolve, they become more solitary and find Digimon of those types to be around. The whole Digimon evolution system's a bit confusing because we don't see a lot of it or have evidence of much of what happens to Digimon outside of the special cases with the kids. My last thing is using the power of friendship to return the island, which is a genuine quote by Elecmon. I'm going to go and use the power of friendship to return the island back to Infinity Mountain. Are you? How? How are you going to use the power of friendship? The power of friendship! It's not explained or anything. It's just, I'm going to use the power of friendship. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Matt's thing. And I know that there's very few friendly Digimon in Gears Savannah, from what I can remember. What's your favourite thing about this episode? All the baby Digimon. It's great. I love them all. They're all tiny little blobs, especially the Botamon. I forgot Botamon happens in this episode, and when I saw it, I was like, yeah, it's happened again. I do like the Yerimon that just wanders off when TK puts it down. <laughs> it's sneezing. The sneezing's wonderful. It's so cute. I like how we've been given backstory as to the mechanics of the world. This is where Baby Digimon are born. They are raised here and then they go off and do their own thing. And you don't see a lot of variety in the Baby Digimon, which helps us understand the branching system that they have, where this Botamon and this Botamon may not necessarily become the same Digimon three stages along. They may be completely different. Yeah, it's nice. They're cute. They're cute little blobs and they, they don't talk, except sometimes they do. Like, one of them talks when that Botamon becomes Koromon. It's like the one time they talk in this episode. What was your favourite thing? Guess. Is it the tiny little jelly bean? Do you mean Patamon? <laughs> yes. Of course it's Patamon. Patamon's not a jelly bean, though. I thought you'd like him. I remember seeing the title of this episode and I was like, oh, here we go, it's going to be Steve's favourite episode. I don't know if it's my favourite. It is one of the best episodes we've had out of Digimon. Patamon's really good. Episode-wise, it needs to be either, because there's this fights in every episode, but it's got to be a particularly interesting fight. Either have a new thing where there's Joe's battle on the water, or the next episode where it's lots of them versus one. It's got to be kind of interesting for me to enjoy it. And this episode does something completely different, which is basically just to remove most of the fighting. Our overall thoughts. It's a different episode. I really enjoyed this episode at 6.30 this morning eating pasta because today's a super busy day, so I could only fit the time to watch it here. Yep, I really enjoyed it as well. I like it. It made me happy. It is probably the best episode of Digimon we've had so far. The second episode we're watching is Here Comes the Squirtle Squad. Ash and co. are on the way to Vermilion City, still, when they fall into a pitfall trap set by the infamous Squirtle Squad that's been plaguing the nearby town with their juvenile pranks. Pikachu scares them off with its thunderbolt, 
so the Squirtles run away and encounter Team Rocket. Meowth earns the squad's trust and sets up an action to use them to capture Pikachu. When Team Ash get ambushed, Pikachu is seriously hurt, so he begs the Squirtles to let him go buy some Super Potion. The store is being robbed by Team Rocket though, who needs some flash powder to make bombs. Ash, accompanied by Officer Jenny and Team Rocket, race back to the cave where the rest of Team Ash is being held, and then a big explosive battle starts. Ash saves the head Squirtle, and together they take out Team Rocket, save the town from a forest fire, and then move on to have new adventures together. I love the Squirtles. You do? Squirtles are the best. I thought Bulbasaur was the best. No, this, these Squirtles are amazing. They're like a mixture between the Mafia and just teenagers. I absolutely adored them. They were amazing. I really like them. I like at the start where Ash is singing the, the music as he's walking. It's a little bit meta of him. I was like, no, Ash, you can't do this. You can't break this wall. Only Mimi can break this wall. No, Digimon's broken this wall before. Did it in Digimon the movie when they were blowing bubbles to the theme song? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're both even on the wall breaking with singing their own music. I've got a note that says the narrator was sassy, but I can't remember in what way. It was probably to do with them falling into the pitfall. Probably. It's like said something about a pitfall, then they fell in, and then he repeated the thing about the pitfall. Like, oh, I said there's going to be a pitfall. Funny, funny, haha. I like the showdown with Squirtle and Pikachu, where they play some generic Western-style music. I like Westerns, and, and, and the thought of just them having... A high noon shootout makes me happy. And then the Squirtles run away, as they should, because water's weak to electric. I love the Squirtles. <laughs> I like the fact that James says, I'm sick of pizza for every meal. Don't lie, James. You can never get sick of pizza. I genuinely believe that, because you can have so many different toppings on pizza. Back to Team Rocket, though. I really liked Meowth translating for Pokemon. He's, he's quite an interesting little plot mechanic, Meowth. He has a, a way of getting across Pokemon who have their own opinions and thoughts. He's this intermediary between it. Yeah, and it's something that I don't think any other Pokemon's really got the ability to do, at this point in the series, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I know there was Psychic Pokemon, or any Pokemon from one of the movies. There's so many films, anyway. Jesse just mentions world domination at one point, and that's kind of really dark. Well, it is in the motto, isn't it? To protect the world from devastation. To, to unite all people within our nation by dominating them all, I guess. <laughs> they never mention world domination. I always assume that they just want to have a big business and become really rich and do these evil schemes. I don't think they'd want to enslave the world. I guess they just want to control everyone. Because they're evil. Apparently. I like when Pikachu's in the water and Goldine's approaching it. It's like the movie draws just reenacted with Pokemon. And just like seeing Pikachu swim because it's cute. It's tiny little nub feet. I've also liked that Pikachu has automatically learned to react to every situation by thunderbolting it. So, oh, the Squirtles are there. I'd better thunderbolt it. He is a little bit zap happy. In the last episode, when he just joins Charmander for no reason other than just murdering this child. <laughs> no reason. He doesn't need to be there. Charmander's already proven the point by, by burning Damien. But Pikachu's like, I want to also do this. I'm going to come here and electrocute him as well. Damien should be so dead. He's been burnt to a crisp and electrocuted simultaneously. Did you see the cameo in this episode? Gary's there. Yeah, he's there for half a frame. It's more than half a frame. He walks out of the shop. He slams the door into Ash's face, who's then unconscious for nearly 24 hours. He witnesses Team Rocket doing the thing with snow. Apparently they've got, like, ice guns, but they shoot petals. They're probably confetti cannons that they've stolen, so that they can just pretend to have lethal weapons. Have you got any more likes? 
it was smart when Ash used Charmander as a light in the cave. I like it when Ash is smart, or when anyone is smart. It was nice to see him use a Pokemon's natural abilities to his advantage. There are some shots in this episode, and I don't know whether it's because of the art style or whatever, but it looks like Ash is wearing mascara and eyeliner, and I love it. Nice. I don't know whether it's just this episode. Yeah, there are some shots where his eyes are being really heavily lined, and it looks amazing. I've got one last like. Team Rocket's plans in this episode were really cunning, and they're actually quite clever to get the Squirtles on side. It was cool of Meowth to sort of be like, oh, these are my people, I bossed them around, so now I'll boss you around. And now onto the dislikes. One of my biggest problems with this episode is it recaps the last two episodes about how Ash has got the starters, and then immediately shows Squirtle on the title is the Squirtle's World. It's like, oh, okay, we know exactly what's going to happen in this episode. All the surprise has been lost. We know that Squirtle is going to join the team at the end of it. And it just feels a bit token, this episode. Like, it feels as if they just needed to get Squirtle to join. I feel like it would have been nicer to maybe have spaced out these episodes a bit more because they're starter Pokemon and they're important. That would just mean more filler in between of stuff like Clefairy and the Moonstone. But it would have been nice to maybe have had maybe one episode between them. Instead of having three episodes in a row where each episode they go to a place, they find a starter Pokemon, and then they get the starter Pokemon. I don't care if it's predictable, I just want it to get it done with. That's my biggest gripe with this episode, is that there's no surprise whatsoever. You could cut out this episode and read the title and know exactly what's going to happen and then move on to the next episode. But then you'd miss out on the amazing Squirtles. Squirtle Squad are the best thing in this whole episode. Maybe. Squirtle, Squirtle. Your turn for dislikes. What is it with this show and falling from rope bridges? Yes, that's the second thing I've got. They never fall, they never cross a rope bridge without peril. Well, they're only in this show when they're going to fall off. It takes him so long to fall as well. Like, he nearly falls twice before he finally does into water again. There's a whole lot of canyons with running water at the bottom of them in Pokemon, which I guess does sort of match up with the games, because there's lots of rivers where you have to use Surf. Anyway, other dislikes? Guns. Guns, yeah. I thought they'd edited out the guns in, in episodes, but apparently they haven't. No, they didn't in this one. They took me by surprise, and I was a bit like, oh, okay, this, oh, they're pointing them at Ash, and, and they're not edited out. They might have been edited out like in future releases. Well, the version I watched had had it, and it, it was weird. Lethal weapons. There's a lot of weaponry and, and violence in this episode. My last dislike is the fact that Team Rocket are just blowing up kids. They don't seem remotely concerned. They see Ash lying there with a squirtle, and they're just like, yeah, one more. Bye. Bye, Ash. They've already nabbed Pikachu at that point, so they should just be running away. <laughs> no, they wanted us explode a child on a turtle they're monsters team rocket are monsters in this episode they are quite effective in this episode though yeah they are there's a few things about meowth that confused me though like when ash gets back and misty and brock are outside because the squirtle squad changed their minds why didn't meowth have any input in that meowth surely would have tried to convince them no you shouldn't set them free the other thing was pikachu gets healed with a super potion that was like right next to Misty and Brock, quite clearly safe. And then next shot we have <laughs> Meowth snatching Pikachu. Well, not even snatching Pikachu, Meowth just has Pikachu now and he's climbing up the ladder. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was weird. Did Misty and Brock just watch him walk up and grab Pikachu? Just like, oh, okay, this is fine. Inconsistencies. But apart from that, that's everything that I disliked. Favourite thing? Squirtle Squad. I'm not a massive fan of this episode, if I'm honest. What? This is probably my favourite episode so far. Oh, oh no, we're going to fight when it comes to 
the point then. I love the Squirtle Squad so much. I like Officer Jenny. She explains the multiple versions of herself. Yeah, she does a much better job than Joy did. <laughs> we are cousins. We're identical cousins with the exact same name. That makes perfect sense. It's entirely possible. Uh, overall thoughts? Really enjoyed it. I loved this episode. Oh, I, I thought it was a predictable episode and not a lot really happens. I don't care if it's predictable because it had the Squirtle Squads. They have glasses, Sam. I know. They're wearing, like, glasses from the, I don't know, the 70s or something. Whenever the Beatles were a thing. And then the lead one has triangular shades because it's the leader. It's cool. They look like they should be in Animal Crossing. Yeah, I can see that. They're really cool. They are just punks that get converted into firefighters. Just because they're water Pokemon. I really like them. Well, we're going to have a fight in a minute then. Now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we talk about the similarities and differences in these episodes. So, let's start with our Monsters of the Week. What's your Monsters? Is it Squirtles? I think it's going to have to be Squirtles, even though I love Patamon as well. But this is, it's the Squirtle Squad, and I love Squirtles. They're amazing. Okay, mine is Team Rocket, because they tried to blow up a child. Aww. They didn't need to blow up Ash. It was unnecessary and pointless. They could have flown away in that time, but they decided to stay just to bomb a child. Yeah, that is incredibly cruel and heartless. It seems so unlike them. They're goofy idiots who make complex contraptions and vacuums. They shouldn't be blowing kids to smithereens. It felt a bit weird to me how they the only reason they would do it would be to intentionally harm and or kill Ash, and it's weird. They held Star at gunpoint as well. They were particularly aggressive and violent in this episode, even if they were smarter than usual as well. So yeah, it, it was bad for Team Rocket. They did bad things. That actually hurts me. I like it when they're silly and, and weird. I don't like it when they're intentionally a bit violent, which is weird. Which episode do you think had the best storyline? I'm going to say Pokemon. I'm going to say Digimon. I'm going to say Pokemon. I'm, I'm going to reiterate that I think it's Digimon because it solves an issue without violence and does something different plot-wise. If you read the title of Digimon, you wouldn't know what was going to happen, but if you read the title of Pokemon, you know exactly what's going to happen. You would not predict that these Squirtles are going to be gangsters, or that Meowth is going to take over the squad of Squirtles, or that Team Rocket is going to worm the way out of being captured by these Squirtles. No, but you can get the general premise. You can get the general premise of there is a squad of Squirtle. It's one of the starters, so one of this squad are going to go and join Ash. Yeah, you can work out the outcome of the episode. <laughs> Just because it's predictable, it doesn't mean it's bad. It takes away all attention from the episode. There's no surprise in this episode. You're not going to be like, oh, what's going to happen now? I liked it. I really liked this episode. I'm not saying it's bad. It was an okay episode. The plot was more complicated than it usually is. It's a lot more intricate. I don't remember much of the plot. That's how predictable it was. The plot was that the Squirtle Squad's in town, and then Meowth and Team Rocket are captured by them. You don't need to tell me the plot. It'll take a while because it's actually quite intricate and complicated. Yeah, but Digimon was better this week. I found Pokemon more enjoyable because Squirtle. <laughs> I actually really liked both episodes this time. Yeah, okay. I thought they were both good. Even though I didn't enjoy the Pokemon one as much, and that's only because of predictability, I still felt it was a good episode. Yeah. Have we got any similarities? I couldn't think of any. I've got that. They both had forests. They both had fast-running water, and they both had little connections to the video games, because like, one mentions Gears Savannah, and one of them has Super Potions, which are from the video games as well. But apart from that on the surface, there isn't really much in common. There's no gang of Elecmon or anything. There's a gang of babies. No, they, they, they were quite different. 
they were different episodes. One was incredibly violent, and one of them wasn't. That's something that's been quite apparently different between them both. Yeah, one of them explicitly goes out the way to say that they don't like violence, whilst the other one goes out their way to do something a lot more violent than they normally would, including guns. Guns and explosives. Which episode did you enjoy the most? Well, I think I enjoyed the Squirtle Squad most. I enjoyed Digimon most because it had that level of unpredictability and trying something new. And since the last couple of episodes, I've been quite predictable. It's nice to have this change where they're doing something different. The point of Digimon are to battle and fight. That's where they come from. They come from the V-Pets, which fight and have um, a human that doesn't want to fight and then explore how they solve their issues with that is kind of interesting. Honestly, I really liked both of the episodes this time, so it's hard for me to pick a favourite out of both of them. So I think when it comes to awarding the points, I'm just going to give the final decision to you. I honestly couldn't pick between the two of them. I feel like I want to give it to Digimon because of how different this episode is compared to the episodes that surround it. This episode stands out because it's trying something new. It's going against the grain of what it normally does, which is to fight and stuff. The Pokemon episode is quite predictable. It's given us the little setup of this is where Ash is getting all the three starters, boom, 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 in rapid succession. There's no surprise in it. The story for Pokemon was good. It had this ragtag gang of Pokemon doing their own thing and them being used by another Pokemon to do nefarious things. It's, it's, it's an interesting story, but it follows the same plot beats that we've had with the other episodes and the outcome is the same as the other episodes where it's the starter deciding to join Ash for some reason. I feel like Squirtle joining Ash is a lot more justified than Bulbasaur joining Ash, who just joins him for no reason. Yeah, Bulbasaur was just made redundant. Charmander I can understand because they saved its life, and I, but I feel like Charmander could have joined any of the three, and that would still be valid. Bulbasaur doesn't really make any sense. Squirtle I get because Ash basically almost got blown up to save the Squirtle. And Ash proved himself as a reliable and trustworthy trainer when he came back for Pikachu with the Super Potion, like he said he would. These both were good episodes. These both have been of a higher quality than than what we've had at the moment for both shows. So whilst they're both very good, I am going to tilt it slightly towards Digimon because of the new thing that they try. Since the Digimon episode won us both over, but Pokemon only really won me over, I guess Digimon wins. So it's 7-5 to Pokemon now. Now it's time for You Teach Me and I Teach You, where we take a thing from both franchises and compare that thing towards what they offer us from those franchises, if that makes sense. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> that was off the top of my head, and I'm, I'm impressed with it. Uh, uh, this week, to celebrate the release of Digimon Digital Monsters Aplamon, we're going to talk about the phone apps and games that we've been given. Most notably, we're going to talk about... Let me get to the list. Pokemon Shuffle, Pokemon, Pokemon, Shuffle, Camp. Pokemon Camp, and Pokemon Go. And Digimon Heroes, Digimon Links, and Digimon Unlimited. So, Stevie, which of these have you played? Um, I've played Pokemon Shuffle and a bit of Digimon Heroes. Okay, cool. At least you've played one of each. Um, what do you think of them? Let's talk about Shuffle first. Yeah, I really like Shuffle. It's incredibly addictive. It absorbs like 200 hours of my life on the 3DS before I got it on my phone instead. Which I've not played as much recently yet, but on the phone version it does seem to be pretty much identical. 
Mm. But I was really addicted to it at one point. I didn't play the one on the 3DS, but I did play a week of the one on my phone for this. And it did absorb me quite well. The only issue with it is you obviously fight Pokemon and catch Pokemon in a set order. So when you get to stage 35, you know exactly what Pokemon you're going to have at stage 35. And I feel like it's really controlled as opposed to Digimon Heroes where you get to level 35 or like you get to, let's say you get to the stage, which is equivalent to level stage 35 you can have a completely different team than other people have at that stage. And I feel like there's a lot more flexibility with Heroes. That said, I feel like the gameplay of Shuffle is a lot more entertaining than Heroes. Yeah, uh, Digimon Heroes felt like Lucky Dip. It's just like luck of the draw. Mm, how much did you play with Heroes? Um, I don't know, like a couple hours. Okay, I've... I'm, I'm level 99 and I've pumped a lot of hours into it. Mm. I lost my save when my phone reset because um, my phone kept resetting itself so I had to do a factory restore and I only got it back a couple of days ago which is lucky um, because I forgot I'd linked it with Facebook. So I got all my hours back which is quite good but it just doesn't feel as entertaining. Mm. I like doing the events and stuff but you have to put in a lot of effort to get your team stronger and evolve them it takes so much effort and it's it's quite grindy and it it loses a lot of the entertainment value especially because the first move you can do pokemon shuffle you basically it's rather it's like connect four and you can pick up a pokemon and put it somewhere else join up lines um yeah that's it and then in 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 digimon heroes it's a bit like uno if you've ever played uno um and every time you get a you have to match three either well, they have, to, they have to match three colour-wise. Um, and there's, there's like red, blue, green, purple, yellow. And then there's wild cards, which are like all of them. And they can be matched with other groups of three. Or groups of two to make a three. Um, and you can only do the first move, so you can pick your first set of three. And then the computer takes over and does the rest in a chain, which takes away a lot of physical work you spend most of your time watching those combos happen so there's not much strategy after the first move it's all guesswork really mm. um especially because you can't see the new cards that get drawn it's pretty much once once you've got maybe two connections that you can plan maybe three um it's all guesswork after that digimon heroes is basically just pick the cards that it's given you there's not much strategy yeah. in there at all it's very boring mm. Also, the text on it seemed really tiny. I had to play on my tablet because I, my eyesight is absolutely perfect. So it's not anything to do with me. The text is just too small for phone screens, especially if it's just like standard. I also feel like the, the entertainment value of Pokemon Shuffle, it's kind of immediate each game lasts at most a certain amount of turns or time and it's the turnover is quite quick you can get through um, levels really quickly whilst in heroes you have maybe five different waves of, of digimon to defeat and it gets kind of repetitive and it's such a, a hassle sometimes it takes you maybe five minutes to go through a stage whilst in in pokemon shuffle it's a lot shorter 
So I feel like that's the instant gratification of filling a level. You can do that in a shorter yeah. time. You can, you know, play it whilst you're waiting for a video to load or something or something to upload. With Shuffle, with uh, Digimon Heroes, it's a lot longer time at times. And then on to mm. the next games, Links, Digimon Links. That's out in Japan, but I, I got it. Um, it's kind of similar to Pokemon Battles, basically. Um, you have an island where you can get meat and you raise Digimon um, and you have to collect stuff from battles and the battles are similar to heroes where you have a way you have three waves of Digimon to fight um they're 3d models as well which is kind of nice but there isn't much variety i know jeff from prodigious was playing it as well and he also says that the replay value isn't there there's a lot lacking in it once you sort of get maybe one or two Digimon you like it's it's, it's, there's no real replay value and I think there, it's not because of the language barrier as well you can get through it quite easily it's not too difficult but um, there isn't that much I feel like it's extremely extremely watered down Cyber Sleuth to just the battles if you want to play a game that's similar to Lynx but also better it's Cyber Sleuth because it adds a story there's no real story to links apart from you have to raise Digimon and fight things so and then Pokemon mm. Camp is weird it's got mini games and stuff <laughs> and I had it once for maybe an hour on my phone and then I got rid of it because it, it wasn't what I th- wanted potentially it was an odd, odd little duck It's more about mini games and trivia and stuff like that. Um, and then we've got it's in beta at the moment and it's being tested in places. But Pokemon Go, are you looking forward to Pokemon Go? Okay, I have no idea um, what it's going to be like. So it's I don't by know. the people who did. Oh, I should know this because I played a lot of it. Uh, Neantic Labs, who did. Um, um, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? There's the Enlightened and the Resistance. It's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't remember what it's called. Ingress, that's the one. Um, basically, it's a bit like having Google Maps, and you have to walk to real life locations mm. to collect things and set up portals, and st- you have to capture portal. It's like a giant game of capture the flag, except there's billions of flags. And you go and you catch a portal and you build up your defences around a portal, but you have to physically go to these locations. And with Pokemon Go, it's going to be that you have to go to physical locations where Pokemon are to catch those Pokemon. So, say you're on the train to uni and it stops at a station, there might be a Pokemon at that station and you have to get within range to battle it. You have to use your Pokemon to battle it and catch it. And then... You could use that Pokemon, but there were also gyms, which are a bit like portals in, in Ingress, where you leave Pokemon at gyms or have Pokemon stay at gyms to hold the gym and you earn points for that and things. That's from what I get of it. The only downside is it is a free-to-play game and there's always that freemium currency where you'll have to pay a certain amount of money. And I know it's going to be for Pokeballs. I can see you have to pay maybe 60p for a pack of five Pokeballs. Uh. Well, Balls. 
of them getting more expensive and being like £1.50 for a Master Ball, just so you can definitely catch this Pokemon. So that's the only cutback to that. Mm. And then the last one we're going to talk about is Digimon Unlimited, which isn't technically an app anymore. It's only out on Android um, because it's not officially um, Bandai licensed. But what it is, is it's a virtual VPET, the original VPETs, like the, 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 the version 1 to 6 and the Pendulums. This wonderful human being or human beings have basically made them into an app where you have a pixelated version of... There were two versions, and the first one had photos of the actual Pendulum and whatever, and you had it on the screen on that. This newer, newer version has basically drawn pixel art versions of the V-Pets, but you can change the colours of the frame and the buttons and everything, which is really cool. And it's literally just the V-Pet, but on your phone, and it alerts you when it needs food and stuff. There's so many branching evolution paths. It's really good to have if you like V-Pets, but you can't have one with you because they are fragile or whatever, or you don't have space to carry them. It's really great. If you have an Android phone, I recommend getting it. Um, you have to go onto Digimon Unlimited's website and download it, but it's absolutely fantastic. I have actually played that one. I just forgot what it was called. You have played it, and I, yeah, it's just V pets aren't really my thing because uh, I get bored of checking on them every two seconds. You're missing out. It's great. You're not missing out. They're a niche thing. I like them. I think they're great. And another thing, if you can count it as a mobile game. There is the Pokemon trading card game online, which you can get on tablets. I was trying to avoid this. <laughs> and it's um, amazing. <laughs> between us, we've pumped in a lot of hours. Especially you, you've put a lot a lot more hours than I have into it. And we're both addicted to it. I've had my account locked because of reasons. Um, basically, my email wasn't verified in time because I didn't get an email with the verification code. And now I'm locked out of it. And I have to just wait about three weeks for them to send me an email to sort it out. So I'm upset at the moment because I can't play it because it's so good. But I know you've been playing a lot of it. Yeah, I've been grinding for coins to try and get as many rewards as I can before the Versus thing resets and new rewards turn up. I'm aiming to get 980 points because then you get three booster packs. But if I get 820, I'll be happy because I get a chest which gives me a hollow card, which will be cool. You know the shiny cards? Like, hollow foil. Oh, I thought you meant hollow as in something that's hollow on the inside. <laughs> yeah, it's just empty. Mm. <laughs> Completely blank on both sides. Um, what I like about this is it is a free game and there's no real currency. You can't use physical money to buy things. But you sort of do because you have to buy the Pokemon cards in real life to get codes to unlock booster packs in the game but you don't have to do that yeah I, to have a good set i've actually earned like four theme decks just by playing versus modes and using the pokemon coins you get to buy more mm. the thing you can buy are tournament tickets yeah which are i'm assuming they're optional you don't have to do tournaments no you don't have to 
But if you do enter tournaments and like and get in the top four, then you get booster packs, and then like second gets you two. Get, no, like if you come third or fourth, you get two booster packs. If you come second, you get four booster packs. If you come first, you get six booster packs. That's pretty cool. I've only ever come third or fourth, or in the bottom four. That's still pretty good. I almost made it to the final once, but I had one of those moments where I made one wrong decision and then lost, and it made me really angry. Mm. It's really good. I enjoy it. Um, it is really good. I think it's. I'm playing it way too much. Out of the apps that we've mentioned, and I know it's just like a wild card that you threw in at the end, but I definitely feel like it's probably the best. Yeah. It's got really good support. It's got minimum downtime when it's updating that the servers go down for maybe half a day at best. Um, it's not too painful on um, a tablet or a, a computer. It doesn't take up a lot of memory and it doesn't take a lot of... Um, it, it doesn't. You don't need the, the best computer to play it, which is nice. Um, so I would definitely recommend the Pokemon trading card game. And if you do get into it, let us know and we will give you our usernames and we can we, we can fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I'm slowly building a nice ground Pokemon deck. Oh, cool. You will be when you get your account back. When I get it back in about three weeks, hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Otherwise, I'm going to start again because I'm upset because I got um, the Groudon deck that's there the day before it went off. Well, I should get the Groudon deck just to annoy you. No, you will not do this. I will fight you. I'm going to slowly but surely get every Steam deck that they have on sale. Like, I've basically just hearted all the ones I've not got yet and I'm taking them off the list as I get them. <laughs> So yes, uh, definitely recommend the Pokemon Trading Card Game, and if you like V-Pets, get Digimon Unlimited. It's really good. It's free. There's no premium currency or anything. It's got online battles, so you don't have to fight a computer or anything. You, you can fight people to get... Or what you can do, you can scan QR codes to fight random monsters and stuff, which is pretty cool um, as a mechanic. So you, you have that battle limit. All the All the Evolution requirements follow VPET rules, so you do a certain amount of care mistakes or you battle a certain amount of times and you get a certain one. And there are guides online you can follow to get the Digimon that you really want. It's not too difficult. Uh, I mean, I managed to get... I really like Greymon and Rise Greymon and stuff, and I've managed to get them a couple times, which is quite nice. Um, but it's good. It's fun. It's it's a classic VPET, brilliantly translated to phone app which is cool and it's free so I definitely recommend that one and then I know Stevie wholeheartedly recommends the Pokemon trading card game because you're addicted yeah I recommend it if you don't want a life anymore (laughs) I was was already into the trading card game it was just I didn't have anyone to play it with so I stopped playing Mm. but now I can play it all the time and now I have no life It's, it's fantastic it's brilliant Saying that I had no life before anyway. It's just now it's consumed entirely by Pokemon Aww, trading cards. Don't say that. You had a life, you do things. My life is my life is video games and anime. And the problem with that is I have no life. Oh, you do. So yes, we recommend those. I was gonna do when they're released and whatever, but I feel like that that's quite time consuming and not necessarily important. I feel we should spend more time talking about the actual content. So, 
there we go. They're quite good. Let us know what you yep. think. Friend me on Pokemon Trading Card Games <laughs> so I can defeat you all. Uh, I think we're pretty even at the moment, battle-wise. I can't remember who's got any more points or what. I've made a really good Dark Psychic deck, which I really like. Well, good. I've made a Ground-type one and a Fairy one, which win, so... I've got an awesome Inkay card, I think it's called. Oh, I know Inkay. And I really like I really like it because it confuses both Pokemon and then when it's confused it can evolve and then when it evolves it has an attack which lets you take a card out of the discard pile and it's really awesome. Join us again next time where we'll be watching episode 13. The Legend of the Digidestined and The Mystery of the Lighthouse. You can subscribe to the Moncast on SoundCloud, Stitcher and iTunes. And if you'd like to leave an iTunes or Stitcher review, we'd be really grateful. You can find our social media on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr and with the World forums if you search for the Moncast. Or you can email us at themoncastpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to contact us if you want anything mentioned on the show and we'll cover it in the next administration segment. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. TK and Patamon wind up in a village full of baby Digimon, protected by the loyal Etamon. Elecmon. Oh dear. <laughs> loyal <laughs> Etamon. <laughs>